0: And hello and welcome to another episode of a Loose Cannon. Uh this week we are going to be talking all about the um previous season's lore book Acts of Mercy. Uh we had a big gap there so we're we're playing a little bit of catch up, but it's a pretty good book. Um and this season's really good. It's 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 a bit of a short book as well, which is actually nice cuz that gives us uh freedom to talk about the season and all that. And so, um, let's actually start with that. Uh, last time we spoke, I think we had just finished Crow, uh, Crow's sever missions. Yeah. And so that was really good. Having Crow, like go through the, 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 the motions of dealing with his past self, like actually finally dealing with the fact that he is risen from Aldrin. He's not Uldram, but he's risen from, from Uldram. And um we also had Zavala with Safi and his his guilt and Safi. <laughs> that's what he calls her, right? He calls her Safi. Yeah. Sophia, yeah. Cause I is it Sophia? Yeah. I I, I I couldn't remember if it was like Sophia or Safaya or, you know, I didn't want no, to. It's spelled
1: the... So it's spelled so different. You mm. would, you, that was my first instinct is to try to pronounce it a different way. But then when yeah. he said it in game, um, okay, so he does solid. say it in
0: game. I, I, yeah. I must have missed that because I was like called her he called her Safi. I'm just gonna call her Safi because first off, it's easier to say Safi. And yeah. <laughs> I try not to <laughs> pronounce things wrong. I try to pronounce them correctly in the yeah. first place. So um Safi Sophia. Uh, that was also good. And then this week we've got um Keitel who is facing off yeah. against Gaul. Uh, so, yeah. what what was your general uh, take on all of these these initial sever missions and the later two for Zavala and Crow?
1: Uh, wow, trauma, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's like a, it's almost like they're going through some forced therapy. They very like much these... are. Yeah. Well, it, it, and what's funny is. Um, the therapy, the the therapy that they're experiencing, um, is more like a sub submersion therapies. They're being submerged with their their guilt and fear to have mm-hmm. to overcome it. Mm-hmm. This is the only way to deal with the things that they're having an the issue with is head on. Um, which, if you think about it, had it not been for the nightmares, they probably never would. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's almost it's almost like. Because uh, I know Savathun did it going into Witch Queen when she lost in the in the final in the final bit where she she didn't get her way and we kind of outsmarted her like in um, we outsmarted her in season of the Splicer right and then so going into season of the Lost she was all like look at all these good things I did for you like I've been helping you this whole time I brought Crow into your fold and and it was like yeah but you were trying to fuck us up. We just right. beat you. Yeah. And and part of me is like, is the darkness kind of doing the same thing here? Like, is it like, yeah. look at these good things I did for you. And it's like, but you were trying to fuck us up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the motives behind yeah. it, it's like, you really think we're that dumb, you know, or, uh, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I, it it's easier to work. trick people. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier to trick people head on. Yeah than it is to try to be like uber deceitful.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so it it's very forceful and Crow really needed this. Like this this was this was necessary for Crow. Zavala yeah. in my opinion, Zavala is like trauma of of guilt having an adopted son and all that, having an ex-wife I mean, it was really awesome. I love getting more information on Zavala, but it did feel kind of like out of left field. Like Zavala, from my opinion, previously, his foundation was shook and shaken, shook? Hey,
1: shook and shaken. Whatever it, it is. Shook it. Shaken, shook not it.
0: stirred. Uh, <laughs> his foundation was shaken, not stirred, back when like the Traveler failed to save them right. and, and all these other things. So throwing in ex-wife and, and dead son, it's like, oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> Like kind of just like hit me weird and, and Keitel, I'm very excited for Keitel to overcome, uh, hers because her whole thing is like, is she just the next in the line of another failed cabal empire leader, like from Canis to Gaul to her. Right. And
1: what's the, it's the ring of spears and the Queens and, mm -hmm. you know, are the, all the stars are starting to align. Yeah. Um, you know, the the, the past uh, leadership of all the different factions have kind of failed to, you know, be the herald of the end. And, and here we are with all of these new representatives trying to, uh, okay, where do we go from here? They've all got this. I mean, the Fallen were the first ones that we were able to experience um, that had really no... You know, like one central figure anymore because they had, you know, they had just a failed, um, whatever. You know, their collapse, right?
0: Yeah. And the then,
1: um, yeah, the whirlwind. Sorry, I was trying to remember the name of it. So they had the whirlwind, and that gave us a window into um, what could ultimately happen to us. And then, as we've gone throughout the the game, we've witnessed now the hive mm-hmm. and the cabal. And so where does that leave us? I mean, we saw we saw the Vex, you know, with Atheon and 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 their uh fragmented uh factions as well, inner factions, uh kind of not really, but they, they don't really have a good way of uh overcoming the darkness either. So they yeah. we've all hit a wall now.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it is actually interesting because the Fallen's whirlwind, uh Oryx was there. And the pyramids were there. We have a uh, uh I think it was Varix who confirmed seeing the pyramids in the sky. Uh, and then the traveler like booked it. And so when our collapse came, I think Savathun was here. She was here representing the pyramids and and the cabal, they had Zivu Aram. So Fallen had Oryx. We had Savathun. Cabal had Zivu Arath, And it's like, that's, Oh, wow. It's just like this weird, like, wow. Like really stars aligned. Yeah. And I don't think there's that's, any like importance to it, but it's just funny how that worked out. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And, and you know, there's a lot of inter- interconnectedness within the story too. Mm-hmm. Sophia's mm-hmm. story is a new one um, or a yeah. new writer at Bungie. Uh, yeah. I saw it. And, uh, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to shout them out and I, I cannot remember the name. Can you remember the name? So
1: sorry. At the moment, I can't remember either. Uh, you
0: you yeah. talk and I'll find it.
1: Yeah. Uh, so <clears throat> it makes sense that it's um, unlike anything we've ever heard and doesn't fit the cadence of what we've experienced so far in it, story-wise and there narr- in there narr- in the narrative uh, lore. Mm -hmm. Because uh, this writer really kind of took it to um, a new level, which is great because we'd never really heard um, any kind of inner dialogue with Zavala as far as his past Mm -hmm. is concerned or any kind of what was Zavala like as he was learning and growing and becoming the man he is today. Yeah
0: except for um, that uh that d2 launch trailer where we yeah. see zavala like rise up and they completely skip over it they go right to the city exactly they completely skip over all this all this stuff where he had a wife and kid
1: yeah and, and he's just suddenly there i mean yeah. he's coming out of a crash ship like i want to know mm-hmm. so much about all of that right mm-hmm. and the
0: drifter walks by in that one cuisine. i don't think it was the drifter wasn't it confirmed not to be the drifter it was uh, they, they, um,
1: confirmed. they never confirmed it
0: let me
1: let me hear you i'll be right back okay good uh <laughs> but yeah it's nice to see that um zavala has some story that can kind of go off um mm-hmm. and explain some of the reasons as to why he's so you know headstrong and and forthright with his convictions yeah
0: uh so um... i don't know uh, so really quick before before we get off track from it, the uh, the the author of the book triage, which is heavily featuring the Zavala uh, Safi story, um, you get the little snippet, and that's kind of like what this book that we're talking about today, Acts of Mercy. You get a little bit of their history, but if you really want to get the details, you have the full book triage, which right. was written by uh, Dr. Hazel, as uh, they are on, there it on is. Twitter. Uh, they're at Hazel Mon ton. It's spelt like it sounds, Mon Fortun. Uh I'm sure it's pronounced very differently. I'm just trying to give it so you can uh, follow them if you're interested. I posted it in the chat uh, as well. Dr. Hazel uh, wrote this book. It was their first book at Bungie. And whenever there's a new writer, I'm very excited. I think I actually mentioned this on a previous show. Whenever there's a new writer, I'm very excited. Because they have such a fresh take on things. And that's how you get characters like Safi. Like, you have Zavala, who has this, like, gap in their history. And it takes someone new coming in. And it's like, who's handling this? And it's like, no one's handling that. And they're like, well, I guess I'm handling it. And it's like, we get this, this new take on, um, on Zavala, which is very exciting. Um, but so... For the person that Zavalis passes in the city, I'm pretty sure it's uh, one of Cade's six, as I can hold up on the camera here. Uh, (laughs) That man is, uh, as Cade says, my main man, Jin, he's a survivor, no joke. Washed the red off his hands and hung his gun sometime back, but I don't know how many who survived. Worse before, he made his way to the city. So it It sounds plausible, and they look very similar. <laughs> they look like him and the drifter with with 3D art and stuff. It's very possible that he could have um, he could be the man uh Zavala walked past
1: yeah did did we ever have we never had anything where Cade explicitly talked to the drifter, did we?
0: I feel like we did, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Mm. Because Cade died, and then the Drifters showed up in in right. game timeline, so they they wouldn't really have a direct interaction in game. But right. um, I mean, I'm sure they ran they ran in similar circles of like desperado outlaw type. But that's uh, funny. So so this week we had Keitel's, uh Sever and Keitel rebuked uh turned away from Eris, calling her Hive Witch, and, and she didn't need any Hive magic, so she wasn't bound to the um the little staffy thing. And because of that, we had a very different ending to Sever because normally in Sever, like Crow was haunted by Aldrin. And the Nightmare that spawned was a Nightmare of Thickroll. And Zavala was haunted by Safi. And the Nightmare that spawned was a Fallen. And Keitel is haunted by Gaul. And so she's facing off with the Gaul Nightmare. And then we are fighting a separate Gaul Nightmare in the fight. Because she yeah. wasn't strong enough to do it herself, I guess. Yeah. Huh. So... That was the first time, and I guess that's because she wasn't actually tied to the Hive magic. And, and so obviously next week, or actually, I don't even know. It would be really interesting if next week we fight alongside Keitel, because now we actually have Keitel fight animations thanks to the dungeon. Like, could they, could they have programmed her as an NPC that we fight alongside? That would be cool. That would be cool. That would be
1: pretty cool. As long as she's stronger than the other cabal that tried to help us.
0: <laughs> yeah, the two guys <laughs> that run that we run in with. And they just see the fan and they're like, well, I guess we're stuck. <laughs> Not going any further today. Yeah,
1: you know, I try to save them at that one point every time. I try to shoot a rocket way down from way up high. Mm-hmm. I try to shoot a rocket way down at those two ogres coming out from under the bridge where the... On that one um what is that thing called? The um
0: Oh, are you, you talking know, about mission? in the in the, the mission? Yeah oh, you can save
1: those guys. Yeah, I'd try so hard. I it's try a, to rocket Yeah. It's
0: That's it because awesome. all they had to do was wait another minute and they'd be alive, but they just like ran <laughs> right to their death. I know. Man, cabal mentalities are weird.
1: Yeah. To the death. They don't have any what was the thing? They don't have a word for retreat, retreat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah. they don't have a word for retreat. And then, literally five minutes after we learn that fact, we have the text that they (laughs) retreated. That that was when we were fighting. Um, well, they had various names like Mario and Luigi, Blastoise and Charizard. Yeah, yeah. I hated it when because there was like there was like one name they like named one Charizard and then they named the other. It was like. Not another Pokemon. I'm like, just keep it in the same realm. I don't care what you call so them, as funny. long as they, as long as they're from the same genre, or the same IP. Call them whatever the hell you want. <laughs> have oh, you? Uh, yeah. I, I have actually gotten into the dungeon. Have you gotten into the dungeon yourself yet? No,
1: no, it's, I don't. I have no desire to do that at the moment. Mm, it's a fun one. It's it's, it's yeah. A, it looks it looks insane. Yeah.
0: It's not as bad as it might look. It's it's because there's like a lot of flipping, so it looks like it's 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 more than it is. But yeah. I mean, especially with me, I was basically just put on like ad duty. It's like okay, just hang out here. You're gonna look for these guys. You're just gonna kill right. these guys, and that's basically your job. And just like right. every raid, just like every dungeon, it basically has like two or three mechanics, and you learn those mechanics. And the only thing that changes is where you go to perform those mechanics. And um so i mean i think it's i'm confident i can learn uh the more runner positions but most of mine was just hanging around um really good loot from it and i did not get the the story the little lore bits i did not get those but when i go through i'm i'm um i'm gonna try to record and upload and see if i can get something for the show and maybe we can do a run through and I'll have like video snippets and I can oh, do cool. it to you separately. Yeah. Uh, so we can play video snippets on, on the show here. And so people listening, people watching can view them, can listen to them. Um, And we can, we can go through that, but the dungeon is pretty interesting because you fight the nightmare of uh, Keitel and you fight nightmares of Galron. I think they're actually, I'm not even sure if they're actually Galron or if they're just bathers but you you know you basically fight the galron uh whatever they were called the baby galrons that you fought before you fought the actual galron right they really got the workout of galron in this game <laughs> he's almost as used hard as uh, as tanix is that's funny and um you know you're going down there and it's 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 all of uh Callus's regrets and callus has a lot of interesting you actually came to me with uh, a theory about callus and it it makes more and more sense the more you think about it what was it well i mean it's your theory i was i was (laughs) i don't remember i have so many theories (laughs) (laughs) you're telling me how you think Callus is is the uh egregore
1: Oh, that yeah. he's
0: spreading across and I don't necessarily agree that he's the egregore but I think that he's within like his powers are the the egregore that yeah. he is he is through the egregore spreading himself. Yeah. Well, okay.
1: I mean it would make sense kind of like an infection, right? Yeah. And so that's kind of where I got with that, but he can he can he can he can somehow use that part of the um, egregore to uh, spread himself throughout the ship and whatnot. We were talking about... Mm -hmm. um, Remember we were talking about Oryx throwing his throne world inside out and making the ship the Dreadnought and yada Mm -hmm. yada. And how that's kind of where that stemmed from was how Callus now has his Leviathan ship infected with the egregore mm-hmm. and so you hear his rumblings all throughout the ship where he really seems like he is the ship now.
0: Yeah. Um, and he he talks so, about stuff like that how he feels us battling across him yeah. across his flesh and so it's like really fucking disgusting.
1: It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh and then you know like Savathûn's uh throne world mm-hmm. was Was pretty wild too. Like Mm. she, and then you get into the mind of Savathun, which was even stranger than anything. But so I guess what I'm saying is there seems to be like a (laughs) a reoccurring theme of sorts.
0: Yeah, there is. Well, um, yeah, I I look for it. It makes sense to me at the very least that Callus is in some way controlling the Egregore because you, you specifically mentioned that you questioned if the Egregore was mentioned uh, before we went on to the ship, like in uh Catavis's, uh captain in the captain's log lore book. If he mentioned the Egregore and I don't recall him specifically mentioning the Egregore, but he did mention that the crown of sorrow was tarnishing. So it sounded like it was beginning yeah. to, to spread, but it didn't really yeah. take over. And I remember this. And so, so it's, I think there is merit to it that Callus
1: is controlling. Okay, so we got so in the season of the hunt is where Mm -hmm. this started, and we got specific pieces or items. Bungie loves to plant seeds that Mm -hmm. pay off a year later or so. Yeah, and we got we got a few items in game that really didn't line up with the story that we were being taught uh, in season of the hunt. Season of the hunt was Crow's back, Mm -hmm. and um, you know he was trapped by um spider and we had ziva wrath's uh baddies to 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 fight and remember their little trees that we had to like you know extinguish and whatnot so in that some things came up there was the lichen Mm -hmm. and how the baddies were rooting themselves into the ground and they were you know spreading tendrils off their backs and You know, one of them, one of the, one of the baddies took out a tendril and stabbed it in the ground and it just seemed to grow on its own.
0: Uh, Yeah, those were the, um, the, for people who don't remember, those were like the kind of like mutant horn that stood like 20 feet tall. Those spires that would, that would spawn, you'd run up to it and you would, um, you'd basically plant the same thing that we're using now, actually. yep, You'd plant it into the roots and then you'd summon the Wrathborn. Holy shit. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. So it's all full circle. That's what I'm saying. So that particular uh, seed was planted way back then. And what they were calling it at the time before we ever knew about the egregore was the lichen and Mm -hmm, how it would mm -hmm. tarnish gold. And it would tarnish gold and turn it into this, like, green color. And um, it somehow infected precious metals. And so we got all of these weapons that were tarnished gold with green, like... uh, and yeah, that came in you know. that
0: came in season of the chosen you had your weapons like um exactly. duella which was the the, yes. the the rocket launcher that was a big one
1: Yes exactly And, and so we were starting to see weapons show up yeah. yeah and we were starting to see all these weapons show up and then you know here we are now uh and the egregore is full on here because Catabasis you know the whole story with that mm-hmm. and the ship came here so it's really freaky that here we are getting these first inklings of lichen and tarnish. And then all of a sudden we know about the the ship out there and we go on the ship and we try to save Katabasis mm-hmm. and we find out what it really is. And we learn about the egregore. Mm-hmm. And then the egregore is now very much a big part of this whole Leviathan ship and everything. Yeah. And there is just destroyed which, and you have roots going all over the place.
0: Which the, the Leviathan should not have any of the egregore on it. So that's, that's what I think lends the most evidence to cat Ka- is, in some fashion controlling the egregore group because he he takes the uh the glycon volantis and he dives it into the anomaly that was left behind when mars was taken and he comes out he the darkness calls back to him he he somehow gets the egregore power he spreads it across the glycon and maybe it's almost like a um uh I, I know there is a thing and I can't think of it. It's like wherever he moves, the Egregore kind of like his footfalls, like spread it type of thing. There's like a oh, media yeah. comparison yeah, that I want to yeah, draw yeah. and I can't think of it. And so he leaves the Glycon because the Glycon was clearly a derelict ship. It was drifting out in space. That's when we go on to it. He had already left the Glycon for the Leviathan. Everyone on the Leviathan, I'm not sure if we mentioned this, but everyone on the Leviathan was like, fuck this, and they got the hell out of there. They were like, we are no longer (laughs) Callus' loyalists. And he had to grow new Cabal, and they're basically dumb Cabal now. They don't have free will. He's he's effectively made organic Taken and exactly and he spread his egregore out across the leviathan i love going back to the leviathan now and seeing all the egregore spores and everything it's yeah. so fucking interesting and in the dungeon you don't not only do you have the egregore but you also have the like darkness pillars remember those darkness pillars that were like in the pyramid in uh, south's yeah. throne world and you'd see like the horse statues crawling out Yeah, and you didn't oh, really that's know right. what they were? those right. things are like kind of like litter not necessarily the horse statue parts but those like pillars of like this like weird metal stone thing those are all around the dungeon as well yeah they're just like and the very weapons
1: subtle. we got the weapons we have are very um themed around mm-hmm. i think they're giving us a clue what's going to happen because if you look at the new weapons that we're finding on the leviathan they have they go from, they're in a transitional period where they go from like it's a normal weapon to this like twisted uh, machinery like the the uh, pyramid ships, uh, you know, aesthetic. But it has the color still. And so it just kind of looks like it's being ripped and twisted into the geometric shape that is of the pyramids manipulation. Where we, you have to shoot the little things that you were talking about that appear in the sky. And then... All of a sudden you have to um, do a, a, what is it? The little spire or whatever that pops up. But those, that aesthetic has been put onto these, these guns uh, in particular, which ones are you pulling up?
0: Uh, So I just got like that, like banner image. Sorry. I had it. I knew there was something I was forgetting to do in, in Uh uh, OBS. And I could, I was like, I checked everything except for the one thing that was the problem. So these are the weapons. And, Um, the like a little banner image, low quality. Sorry about that, but um, (laughs) these are the weapons. And my favorite thing about them is this it kind of gets lost because of the background. They have Uh this red glow on them, and that is that is uh native to the weapon. If you put a shader on this weapon, this like kind of pristine silver, if you put a shader on it, the red glow stays, the red glow goes over the shader, so it, it. I mean, fashion is the true end game in Destiny, so it just right. it really allows for interesting things. But not only that, these are some of the best, in my opinion, probably some of the best weapons in the game right so now. So these because... are the
1: weapons; these are the weapons that have like the true nightmare um, mm-hmm. influence uh, mm-hmm. in, imbued inside the weapon, and they have like the more streamlined, sharpened aesthetic to them. But the basic weapons before these that you're picking up here and there as you're playing in the campaign have more Oh, you just of mean the
0: seasonal weapons.
1: Yes. Oh,
0: okay. Yes.
1: Yeah. But these are the ones that are like what that is becoming is almost what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So these are the ones that are more of your osteostriga type of aesthetic, but with yeah. instead of being, you know, the thorny high uh what do you yeah. call it, weapons of sorrow, it has the nightmare aesthetic yeah. to it instead.
0: It's, it's very clean and sharp and dangerous. Yes. Like, like It's very on-the-surface dangerous. It's, it's almost
1: like, like what dirt. you and I were talking about last time. We were trying to figure out, well, what color would the next thing be? <laughs> It almost feels like, uh, you know, like this is what, (laughs) this is almost like what they're trying to say instead of a weapon of sorrow, this would be like a mm, weapon of nightmare. I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, just like a something that's
0: not influenced by the hive. It's just like pure, pure darkness and kind of, kind of flowing with that because like the darkness is trying to like get us on its side and stuff. So it's going to give us good weapons because it knows how guardians operate. So it wants to give us good Mm -hmm. weapons. And so, if I remember correctly, the grenade launcher here is a stasis grenade launcher, which means it sits in the the first slot. Very, very good for a grenade launcher. That's it's that's the pog launcher. For. Yeah, and um, <laughs> it has some good roles. I have no good rolls. This SMG here on the left, um, this one comes with a new perk called Repu- repulsor brace, which. Gives you an overshield when you kill an enemy who is debuffed by a void debuff, and it is a void weapon. So it plays hand in hand with Void 3.0 so yeah. amazingly. I'm back on Void Hunter. I made a whole build uh, with like Bombardiers, and I'm just like throwing smoke, I'm throwing grenades, weakening enemies, getting volatile rounds, and like this, like. It's really good. If you can get one with demo Demolitionist Repulsor Brace, it's going to be fucking insane. And then you have here the Storm Tracer, the linear fusion that is so broken that it is absolutely going to get nerfed. It it fires bursts. It's a linear fusion that does like a three bursts. It goes in one shot. And it's it's very fun. It's an arc uh, linear fusion. <sighs> so of course it's hard. absolutely... Yeah. What, what do you mean, of course it's ARC? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you you have four weapons and you have four uh, subclasses for them to tie them to.
0: No, because I'm pretty sure the, the pulse rifle is ARC as well. So they would be missing the oh, solar. I thought it was solar. Interesting... Well, let me see. No. Yeah. Now I'm interested. Maybe,
1: you're, maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was solar because I thought I remembered somebody using it.
0: No, the pulse rifle
1: is stasis. Oh, so you got two stasis weapons there.
0: Yeah, and then uh, um, it's probably stasis because they were trying to balance it around things like the Callus Mini Tool and I'm assuming Drang is is Solar as well. I don't because remember. Because <laughs> the SMG uh, Unforgiven is Void. Storm Chaser is obviously ARC based on that name and i cannot find uh i cannot recall the name of the the grenade launcher so i can't find it easily i just see the pictures of it without its name lingering dread maybe is also that sounds right yeah that sounds right yeah, it, it is also stasis. So it's two stasis weapons, one void weapon, and one arc weapon. And as much as I love the Unforgiven SMG, it's a little ridiculous how many arc, or not arc, void SMGs we're getting. Where it's like, okay, enough. Like, we need some other ones that are also good. Uh, so,
1: yeah. So, back where we were talking about how we're, we're seeing... um the evolution of this mm-hmm. whole egregore, Zivu Arath, Savathun, Darkness Pyramid
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Callous type of thing. Um you know we were so so I only brought up the the weapons because it feels like um and I know I've said this before, but it feels like and I know there's always like those seasonal weapons that are very indicative of the season. Mm-hmm. But it feels like um, this is just a one more step in the the stairway to the next thing. Because if you look at the seasonal weapons and those particular uh, nightmare imbued weapons that you were just bringing up, mm-hmm. they are almost leaning towards what they kind of want to do next. Um, so yeah, if we get, yeah, so if we get some sort of, uh, uh, you know, you know, new experience, and I guess we don't see anything. We'll. Okay. We gotta see something in Lightfall around like August or October, right? Some kind of teaser.
0: Well, I mean if it's gonna release in June, maybe maybe even a little later. Or not June, February. Uh, if it's gonna release in February, maybe even a little later than August. I mean you did say okay. October, so probably closer to October, yeah.
1: Yeah. And we have Halloween, you know, we have the um the what do you call it, the season of the lost and or festival of the lost and mm. Maybe they'll drop another hint in there and then we'll actually see like a image or a shot of something, you know, closer to the end of the year and then full on trailer in the new year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What?
0: It doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, It's just it's just interesting because remember we were talking about Nezarek's Whisper, Mm. which everybody wanted to, you know, like, what is that? You know. The Nezarek is here, you know, that whole yeah. thing. Uh, that weapon has the same, you know, aesthetic of the other uh, uh, seasonal weapons. Like, like for instance, Bump in the Night, you know, the Rocket Launcher, that's the one I think of because it's like the biggest one you can think of. It has like that freaky deaky mm-hmm. twisted and mangled in. It's almost like it's almost like if you took a regular rocket launcher and started to dip it into a fabric of reality that was twisting it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the tip of it is just destroyed.
0: Yeah. Cause Nezerex whisper, um, Nezarek's whisper, the linear fusion, the auto rifle, uh, and the rocket launcher, they all have this, um, and I can actually do this one really quick as well.
1: Okay.
0: They all have that kind of like, Oh, and, uh, I think it's a pulse rifle. Um, no, that's, that's got to be the auto rifle. Or is it not an auto rifle? Oh, I was saying a
1: trace rifle. A Trace rifle.
0: Oh, yeah, there is a trace rifle. Yeah. I think I said linear fusion. I meant trace. Yeah,
1: rifle. it looks like the linear fusion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, all of these weapons have like a splash of callus in them, but they also have like this like ribbed um kind of riveted which is very similar to the vow of uh vow of the disciple raid uh weapons where they have these like turning structures which is reminiscent of the uh the ziggurat that came on europa yeah if you remember that that thing kind of came in all like transformery yeah
1: Yeah, there you go and
0: um so it's almost like that is those weapons with the splash of callus whereas the duality weapons are like Pure darkness, exactly. or maybe not pure darkness, because I guess the raid weapons would be pure darkness, and the well, duality think, weapons I think are like darkness. I think you're armed with your arm something
1: though, like the aesthetic of the new um, weapons are are matching that, like what would be the darkness weapons. And then, just mm-hmm. like what you said, I think it's a perfect uh, explanation for these weapons. Like, Callus has taken what he, his idea is of the pyramid weapons, put his splashed his gold on it. And, you know, they're twisted and mangled and kind of beat up because and crude because he's not as, like, good at it as (laughs) True Darkness Mm. would be. Yeah. Um, That's that's a good way to, like, I guess that's a good way to explain it.
0: All right. Well, so that's kind of, like, where we are in the season. And uh, we have a lot more to cover. So why don't we get into the lore card this week?
1: Sure. So this lore card um, is... So this one is cool because it's tied to a story that was on on the undercurrent of this season, which is Saint and Osiris's kind of like, uh, you know, um, I guess embracing moment mm-hmm. or whatnot. You know, it's kind of like you know Osiris has been traumatized and just like he's a frail individual at this point and saint is there to kind of
0: he might not even live
1: right and so he's he's there and and saint you know is trying to protect him and so everybody in the tower is kind of allowed saint or or given saint the room to grieve and and deal with this trauma of his love osiris and Mm -hmm. he's having to you know he's having to wrestle inside with the he wants to He wants to go charge out into the world and just beat the hell out of and headbutt everything that ever made this happen to Osiris. But at the same time, he wants to be there with Osiris. Mm -hmm. And uh, so anyway, it's really it's really cool, because when I first looked at the when I first looked at the item in game, I thought, okay, well, this is a a bat wing from Batman, because it looks (laughs) like the spaceship. It looks like the bat wing from Batman. (laughs)
0: I see, I can see the, the Batman sim, sim, uh, symbol in yeah. there.
1: So I didn't, I mean, I didn't even think like it would have any kind of interesting story or lore to it. But when I read the lore card, I was like, wait a minute, what is happening here? And so if you look at the ship closely, uh, you can see it, it very much has the Osiris aesthetic, but it also has Saint Fourteen aesthetic mm. with his ribbons that are tailed off on the side. And it has, it has the very Egyptian motif that goes mm-hmm. with all the trials stuff because this is a trials ship, technically I guess, or it's part of that whole thing. Um, but what's what's really interesting is um, this whole this whole line at the bottom, the flavor text. I was like, "I'm glad you're staying." I was like, "What does that mean?" Well, let me read the lore, and so I read the lore, and it's all about um, Saint and him just you know basically being torn apart. Uh, because Osiris, you know what happened to Osiris, and uh, it's really kind of a beautiful little lore story uh, that just shows how much he 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 cares, right? And we all know Saint Fourteen cares because he's you know <laughs> he's feeding pigeons over off in his corner forever,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: and uh, but he he's always wanted to be the protector, and so what does that have to do with the hus- hushed shrinks, right? So at first you think shrinks, oh, that's some Egyptian, you know, pharaoh thing like a sphinx. Well, it's not. It's It has to do with birds. Um, a sphinx is the vocal organ of birds. It's located at the base of a, a bird's trachea that produces sounds. Uh, songbirds have evolved these organs by combining two unrelated pitches at once. Scientists believe this could have led to a silent period in the evolution of avian ancestors. Um... So basically what that means is uh, a shrinks is, is the vocal organ which differs from mammals because it doesn't have the, the tissue and the vocal folds that we have so that we can talk or sing or, or you know, communicate. Mm-hmm. The sound is pro- produced from a vibration uh, in, a, in a membrane, which I'm not going to even butcher the scientific name for, but it's caused by the flowing of the air through that little uh, shrinks. Um, the syrinx
0: you keep calling it uh, syrinx isn't it isn't it pronounced syrinx
1: yes syrinx
0: because of that the song
1: yes and so songbirds have evolved these specialized two-sided voice boxes which allows them to perform unique sounds by combining two unrelated pitches at once and here's where it's interesting the voice box is one of a kind in the animal kingdom and scientists have concluded that this voice box evolved only once, representing a rare example of the true evolutionary novelty. Uh, Reptiles, amphibians, and mammals all have a larynx, which is a voice box at the top of the throat that protects Mm -hmm. the airways. Um, That's like ours, you know, where we have folds of tissue that allow us to talk and make sounds. Uh, But birds also have larynxes as well. But the organ that they use to sing is lower down in the windpipe uh, which splits into two lungs. So the syrinx was named in 1872 after the Greek nymph chased by pan in mythology, who was later transformed into pan pipes, the musical instrument made from a row of short pipes of varying length fixed together and played by blowing across the top. So if you ever think about a pan flute, Mm-hmm. You know, it looks like a bunch of little hollow reeds all tied together and kind of like a, a cascading little flute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where this name came from. So it, it, it's tied to the, the Pan story uh, in mythology and how he chased, you know, his lover or whatever. The syrinx is thought to have possibly evolved to supplement sound production, which would have been followed by the loss of the larynx as a sound source. So this would have led to a whole entire silent period in the evolution of avian ancestors. So that means it was like this huge area uh, in evolution where just they didn't even make sound at all. Hmm. Uh, so current fossil records do not provide definitive evidence for whatever the function of the larynx was lost before the shrinks was gained, uh, but that's very much how it how it evolved. And so this, this novelty uh, became the thing that we hear all the time. So when you go outside and you hear a song uh from a bird playing, it's not, you know, like a vocal thing. It's not like a, a whistling through their beak. It's way down low. Mm-hmm. And it comes through that syrinx. <laughs> um so the cool thing about it was is uh it, it's neat because it has a duality to it. It talks about in the lore if you're reading the lore, he says in there, there's a line and it's a very subtle line and it has to do with <clears throat> their love and how they were quiet about it for so long. And he basically says in there, nice and perfectly stated in the paragraph, I will, I will no longer be silent basically. Mm-hmm. And so it's neat because it, the the item plays into this whole idea that Osiris and St never really were publicly loud about their love for one another or mm. you know shared that like hey we love each other blah 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 and here he is feeling this somewhat moment of regret that he never was before and now he's like no more i'm going to shout it to the to the world scream it and sing it to everybody mm. that you know it's it's nice
0: yeah
1: i agree so hushed shrinks You now know why the Shrinks was hushed, and you now know why the flavor text says, I'm glad you're staying. Because in the lore, he's like, I'm glad you're staying.
0: I hope Osiris is all right, because, I mean, that can kind of go, oh, uh, either way. You mean like he could die? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's very possible that he dies.
1: Yeah, it is. It is very possible. And
0: what would that do to Saint? Saint? We would, I think, we would need, I feel like it would be weird if Saint got a season. Like, if he became the um, focal point of a season, but he was still doing trials. So we would need someone to stand in for trials, whoever that could be. And then...
1: I mean, yeah. I mean, doesn't one of the guys... Doesn't Crow take over trials, right now? No, does he? I thought he was helping with it. Maybe
0: I'm wrong. I don't think he does. I haven't done. I think trials somebody's this helping. I think somebody's helping with trials right now. Well, I mean, like physically in game. Oh yeah, but
1: I know. But in the story, I think there's um, a dialogue mentioning somebody is helping with trials while mm-hmm. Saint. Because I think it's in that story. Maybe it's in that lore entry. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Somebody's well I mean I mean out. like well, like saints. physically
0: physically have someone replace Saint 14 and then because if Osiris does die the Saint is gonna want to take that fight to Sabathun, who's currently dead, but it's their ghost Imaru who is technically keeping Sabathun alive. So just like Saint took the the um the Crusades against the Fallen, he would take his he would make an, a second crusade against the lucent hive and and beyond the search mm. for Amaru and I think that would be a really interesting season and I think if that season were to happen it would be next season instead of the last season right there's two more seasons we had we had season one we're in season two so there's two more yeah so I think it would happen in in season three of this year rather than season four of this year Hmm. Because That's a good, yeah. I think it would happen. I think he would he would like go on his crusade to get Amaru, and all it would do is it would bring Amaru close to Savathun's body, and then resurrect Savathun, and she pieces out again. And it would be like you fucked up, Saint. Like it would be like a big dramatic moment for the final season to maybe be the final takedown of Savathun, or maybe we end up realizing we do need to be allied with her after all, you know, something like that. Right. Um, yeah. So we, you also wanted to talk about the third man, right?
1: Yeah, I do. And I only want to mention that because, um, we're experiencing a lot of trauma. <laughs> yeah. I know it's like the current meme to, to say like destiny is just full of trauma at the moment. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about Ares a little bit just because the Mask of the Third Man was last week's uh, lore card. And I only brought it up because, you know, it, it, it was a D1 thing. Um, and if you first look at Mask of the Third Man, the first thing you recognize is the three eyes. And, um, you know, Ares has three eyes, right? But they're mm-hmm. covered in a bandage and you associate that with a hive and stuff like that. but. This idea of the third man factor, I've, I've defined it a long time ago, but it's kind of taken on a new meaning now because with the nightmares and people dealing, our, our characters in the game dealing with their own tra- trauma, uh, this has to do with the same kind of principle and idea. Uh, the third man factor is this, the sensation of an unseen presence, such as a guardian spirit, spirit providing support during a traumatic experience. Modern psychologists have used the third man factor to treat victims of trauma uh several literary examples exist such as t.s Eliot's the wasteland which is a great poem by the way if you ever want to read it um but a few trivia pop references are tied to the to the uh to the item as well which are just silly but it's an amalgamation so the quote on there is it wasn't me it was the third man
0: mm-hmm.
1: so it's an amalgamation of a of a quote found in two different movies, The Mask, which, you know, Jim Carrey plays a goofy character that finds a a mask and he puts it on and he becomes like a brazen form of himself that he never was before and then there then the other movie was The Fugitive, which is about somebody dealing with trauma and being chased the entire time and it's not he's not the individual that actually did something But they're all chasing him, and he's just trying to say it. They both say it in the movie. It wasn't me. It was the one-armed man, right? So the quote is...
0: They also make that uh, that quote in uh, Stephen King's It. They do? In the book, at least, yeah. Because at the the beginning of the book, and if if you ever go to read the book, it's very, very graphic. It takes place in the 50s, and uh, basically people didn't like... uh, gay people and they i mean they they went to throw him over a pier and not necessarily kill him but they throw him over the pier and that's where it is and um it takes a bite out of the the guy's like like upper chest area and his, Uh his his boyfriend is like up on the pier and is like what the fuck is happening and um the all the guys are like it wasn't me. It was the clown. And then the, the, the detective is like, yeah, it wasn't me. It was the one armed man. It's always, it's always someone else.
1: Well, yeah, because it's a pop, it's a popular uh, quote from the old ass movie, uh, the original, the fugitive, because Mm -hmm. it was like a really, it's like one of those movies that solidified itself. It's like, you know, those quotes that you hear about, what are the hundred best quotes or most memorable quotes? It's like, frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. Or, i'm your father or you know all those things mm-hmm. and so this quote uh it wasn't me It's it was the third man is playing off of that yeah <laughs> uh so like yeah it comes up in, in all kinds of other places too uh but it was just funny because you have something called the mask of the third man mask and then you have the third man mm-hmm. right which is really what the the crux is of this uh definition the third man, so that particular item, when you were using Blade Dancer, it would help you basically be better at Blade Dancing.
0: It would, it would extend start. your timer, your super yeah. timer.
1: Yeah, you would get more health every time you killed somebody. Would you? I think so.
0: I thought it was only your super timer, because that was like back when like super timers were just like a timer that ticked down and it was yeah. just there you go. And, and that's so, all you get. Yeah. And you know, something that just increases that timer was kind of broken. Now we have um, Raiden Flux, which basically operates the same way for Art Strider. Just it, it's like
1: yeah, every
0: every light attack kill you get when you do a heavy attack, you extend your timer. So it's yes. like it makes you fight for it a bit more. I think okay, At, that's
1: okay. Arc you're right. Like, that's what it was. Yeah. So that's what this was doing. Mm-hmm. And so the third man is often described as an unseen being that intervenes at a critical moment when people are in great stress or in a life-and-death struggle. The entity is believed to give comfort, aid, and or support. Um, While scientific research explains it it as an internal component, others believe it can be akin to a guardian angel or a physical manifestation brought forth via a transfusion of energy and instinctual wisdom from a seemingly external source where a presence appears. Um, and so I thought that was very interesting because uh, if you think about what's happening right now with the egregore and the nightmares, and it's the nightmares are like the opposite of the third band. But we turn those nightmares into memories. Mm-hmm. And those spirits are there. Um, we're taking those nightmares and we're flipping them into memories. And so the memories have, you know, like a... a a fixed purified version of themselves hanging above you,
0: which Almost I'm really like, interested to see. Do you think gall is going to become purified and hang above hang out? Cause they're all hanging out <laughs> in, in the helm. Do you think gall is going to hang out in the helm and be our buddy? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. I think title is going to destroy it.
1: Yeah. Ooh. ooh, ooh uh. So I brought up. I brought up this one. I only brought up The only reason I brought up this one is because it almost feels like it ties all the way back to when Eris showed up and heiress oh. is a, is a product of, um, you know, she went through a lot of trauma mm-hmm. and in the, in the, um, dark below the story talks about her being lost and how she found her way out, which we know now was the Ahamkara bone that, you know, she just basically wished and it's like, all of a sudden I know how they get out, but she was a very, she was a victim of trauma and the whole time she's down there, uh, Tolan was trying to help. Well, I say help. Tolan was the guide for her. Mm -hmm. See, I
0: (laughs) used to, to, until they explicitly said it, I used to hold on to the theory that the thing that she clutched, that that orb that she has, people would say it was an Ahamkara bone. And I'm like, until they explicitly say it, I don't agree. I held to the idea that it was a fragment of Toland's ghost and that's why Toland was guiding her
1: you're talking about the orb itself
0: yeah because that orb is her arm carabone that has finally been confirmed the thing she carries is the hokarabone right it's not a ghost fragment I've said that like since since oh the dark yeah below, yeah yeah yeah
1: absolutely yeah and I always did too he just yeah. never could say it like Explicitly, because yeah. we didn't have anything that defined it until not too yeah. long ago. Uh, uh, not, but yeah.
0: it was never that it couldn't have been an arm bone. It's just that I thought it would be more interesting if it were a fragment of Tolan's ghost.
1: And oh right. Everyone's on. like,
0: oh, but she wished on an arm bone. It's like, yeah, I can have both. <laughs> like, I, I, <laughs> you're, like, I'm not not allowed to have a ghost fragment and an arm bone. That's funny. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess if you look at a ghost when it, you know. Splits out, you know, when you're dead It kind of looks like a floating orb. anyway Mm. (laughs) Anyway I only brought that up because trauma Is very much a part of what's going on right now And Eris is The guide for us at the moment And we're dealing with nightmares Which are very much physical manifestations Of Mm. A trauma event Yeah So, bring Um, back the third man And make it red
0: Speaking of the third man and making it red, it was what was it? If you were, if your character was male, the eyes were blue, and if your character was female, the eyes were green. Yes, that was a weird thing that they coded in.
1: Yeah, and remember how Celestial Nighthawk, the eyes glue when you were aiming down sights.
0: No, it's when it's when you have your super active.
1: Oh, was it when your super was active?
0: No, because actually, maybe that was a holdover. Because when Celestial Nighthawk was first debuted, it wasn't actually a super thing, it just gave you like increased in air accuracy. And then they tuned it to be makes your condenses your golden gun to six X damage to one shot. So maybe yeah. in D1, it was when you were aiming down sights because that's what it was.
1: Yeah, I just remember when we would aim down sights at each other on the moon, we could see the eyes glow. It was cool, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah. um, but so. And this book, um, is, is a very, uh, to get into the book cause we've been here for an hour now. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, only for...
1: it's not like, it's not like a, it's not like an insanely elaborate yeah. book. It like just deals yeah. with the straight ups.
0: And, and we've already kind of heard this story in season of the risen. Yeah. I there's too many names. I cannot keep track of the names. The only know. thing I have a harder time than keeping track of the names is keeping track of the numbers. And that's why it is called it season <laughs> one, two, three, and four. And it's the only way I will ever keep track of this season one of which queen uh Saladin kind of goes over this story and we get that like really cool line art cut scene. And this is just more of the, the, the hard details of it. And it's only four entries, but they are like, lengthy entries they are they are thick entries normally we'll have a book be like 10 entries long and it'll be like 15 16 pages this is four entries and it's 13 pages right and the (laughs) and
1: it's because they're it's because they're immersing you into the story so that you kind of get lost into the environment because the environment is really where they're telling the story to you Um, but the Mm -hmm. key the key things to note are just like the meat and potatoes that we've all kind of learned uh, you yeah. know, going into, into the story so far.
0: Yeah. And so I'll, I'll run us through it really quick. If there's anything sure. that you want to um point out in the book, there's a few things I want to point out in the book. Yeah. Uh, feel free to jump in. So the first entry is uh violent tributaries. And so like Rhino was saying, it's all about the like location. So the iron Lords operated out of fell winter's peak, which I believe was in a Russian cosmodrome relative area. So, General location on the eastern edge of Russia, um,
1: right? We know and, that because of the um, the observatory, mm-hmm. that which was the Teter uh, observatory. But yeah, anyway, Russia.
0: And and so so Saladin here is on the outskirts of their territory because they basically claimed an Iron Lord safe zone. If you were within this safe zone, you were under the Iron Law. But they only have so many Iron Lords, they can't actually cover the whole world, although that is their goal. They, they, they plan to cover the whole world and protect everyone from warlords. But so Saladin is out tracking a signal on the outskirts of town and outskirts of their region when he's um, he's attacked. We don't know what happened in the attack, but basically he wakes up impaled on a branch and out over the ridge uh enemies are and they're starting to like take shots at him but they're terrible shots they're not really connecting and um he he's trying to pull himself off of the branch and he like he yells at his ghost to come out and and just like take him off the branch and his ghost is like you're not dead yet you can you can get out of this you need to learn how to um you need to learn how to do things without just relying on on me yeah baby
1: bird syndrome yeah
0: and, uh, and so he ends up pulling himself off. But so there is a line here where it says, Redagast had warned him of risen thugs fleeing to the far wilds to escape the Iron Lord's reach. And so I can't remember if it was an interview, if it was just like a Twitter conversation, if it was a conversation that I had with an author. But back in D1, and, and, and you look at Rise of Iron, or not Rise of Iron, you look at The Dark Below, and you look at, House of Wolves, and even you look at Taken King, Destiny wasn't trying to put the characters in the focal point. We were supposed to be the focal point, which is so different from how it is now.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, we literally have three weeks of Crow's trauma or uh, Zavala's trauma, Keitel's trauma. We've had series of Eris's trauma. And when she debuted in Dark Below, it's like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Let's get going. You know, it's it doesn't it, it doesn't really get into it. <laughs> but and it was because that was that was intentional. Like um, yeah. John Goff actually said, and again, I'm sorry, I can't remember where he said it. He he doesn't think that we should ever actually meet Jaron Ward in the game. He's kind of like holding on to that old that old logic of like. They're, they're the past. We're the future. We should be the right. focus. Sure. But, but so Destiny Lore comes out and they talk about Jaron Ward and they talk about Dredging and Yorah and they talk about Osiris and they talk about Saint-14 and everyone's like, I can't wait to meet them. And right. he's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> and so you yeah. know years later we get rise of iron we start to learn about the history of the iron lords and get more involved with them and then we get destiny 2 and very quickly we get curse of osiris and we get warmind yeah. and we get all we get anna bray back we get osiris back yeah. and yeah. you know like that and was a 14 back that came much later but yeah, yeah. and 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 that's exactly what it is. It was like they kind of set out to not give us characters. They wanted us to be the focal point, but people yeah. were like, no, we want the characters. And then they are like, okay, I guess we're doing the characters, and and that's kind of where we are today. And I just, yeah. I think it's much better personally.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, get, I agree. The Exo Stranger, mm-hmm. I mean, another oh my one. God. In and out, yeah.
0: she was gone. She had no point yeah. being there because she wasn't. Elsie Bray, yeah. <laughs> She wasn't
1: you know it, it's just like it's like all the figures that we we were obsessed by mm-hmm. and uh yeah you very you're making a very good point it was like all the figures that we were obsessed by and just couldn't let go and we're like we have to know more we have to know more and those are all the pinnacle like those are all the top of the the story mm-hmm. uh characters so I can kind of understand
0: yeah and so then throughout this um as he's trying to get off of this tree, uh it says, uh light condenses into Saladin's fingers. Arc lines fork across the bark as he grips the branch impaled through his shoulder. So he so this is very this is dark age light um uh light manipulation and later on uh Saladin conjures waning star fire from his bones the last vestiges of his will burnt as offering to the light flame billows and radiates through his flesh swirling the gaps in his armor moving to consume the branch and then a little bit later yeah. on as <clears throat> fingers find hilt the solar light engulfs the weapon he swings the axe from its strap and sinks the flaming blade into the tree slowing the descent and carving a wake of sparking embers toward the forest floor so, yeah. two things on this are like big for me because it's it's 2022 and people still think that guardians only have one subclass. And I that, know what is that about? It drives. i don't me
1: never It's like people were always like, "Oh, Saladin's only a uh, back in the day. Saladin or not, Saladin uh, Zavala was only a, a void a whatever titan. defender. Yeah, void titan. Yeah, yeah, and then and then. um, yeah, it didn't make any sense. No. Uh, Korra was... I did, none of it made sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was like... they they With Taken King, when we got the Void Hunter, and we got the Solar Titan, and we got the Arc yeah. Warlock, yeah. it kind of muddied that water a bit because it was like, you know, Cade said, um, when we go to take the Dusk Bow off of Tevis Larson, Cade's like, not all hunters can hold it because they're afraid of the void. And it's like, okay, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. technically speaking, any hunter can wield the Dusk Bow. It's just, yeah. are they capable of doing it? And right, then, exactly. the same thing with Ikora teaching us how to harness the Ark, uh, uh, Stormcaller, where it's like, yeah. You're basically passing lightning through your body. You're the, fu- you're a fucking firebender right now. Yeah, and it's it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. And then for sunbreakers, it was like, yeah, it used to be super popular. Like here is Saladin exactly using solar flames. And it's like, yeah, but, it wasn't, but
1: because of the yeah. banished sunbreakers, nobody wanted to use it out of yeah. like, uh, yeah, the Titans yeah. specifically didn't want to use it. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was always silly. Like, that people would be like, oh, they can only do the one thing. Mm-hmm. It never made sense. No, they can do whatever they want to do. They just, they have their reasons.
0: Because remember in, um in I think it was in Taken King, when we're going into Cade's stash, there was like arc grenades or something. And everyone's like, oh, he's arc. He's, <laughs> he's an arc hunter. And I'm like, they're grenades. They're not even the super. They're yes. just fucking well, grenades. Had
1: read if people had read all the bounty dialogue and flavor text mm-hmm. from all the missions and stuff, there were tons of stories of 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 you know hunters doing blade dancer stuff and golden gunslinger stuff, mm-hmm. and then later on void stuff, and then same with the warlocks and the titans. You know, it yeah. was like there was never it was never explicitly stated that any one particular subclass was tied to only two or just one yeah class, let and alone I'll, our vendors be that way
0: and obviously everyone even us we have our preferences we have the yeah. ones that we like the most we have the ones that we use the most and etc yeah. etc but it, it doesn't make sense to have the mentor be like imagine if Cade was like oh I'm sorry you want to do solar yeah. hunter? No, I'm I can earth. only I teach
1: you how to be a gunslinger. <laughs> I don't,
0: I don't know how to do that other shit, man. Yeah, but, but I'm the only one here, so you're screwed. Right. We're not going to have one well,
1: each. And then that's the other thing. That's the good thing that what came about in DT, d D two is it kind of explained that um old light bearers, mm-hmm. um, you know, they didn't have like their their specific. Um, it wasn't refined. It? Yeah. There you go. It wasn't like they were. It wasn't like they were saying, "Okay, I'm going to walk this path in line, and now mm-hmm. I'm going to become a titan or a hunter or a warlock." That came mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Like the the old school uh, light bearers were just starting to discover those paths.
0: Yeah, and and this entry here is a great example of it. As fingers finds hill and solar light engulfs the weapon, he swings the axe. So he's not. He's not doing a Hammer of Soul, which is just a physical hammer that they still right. just engulf the weapon with. And then you look right. at striker, striker Titans, they just punch the ground. And Defenders mm. are the ones that are actually doing something interesting where it's like forming something with light. But it's... Right. Early light manipulation, and you can also see this in um, the book, uh, Man With No Name. In the chapters where Drifter is going by the name Jermaine, he physically burns someone to death. They were already almost that's right, But he yeah, like burns right. someone to death, just pulsing the energy from his hand. And it's like yeah. this very early Dark Age light manipulation where it's basically just like untethered exertion. You know, it's, it's there's no there's no control over it it's it's very just you get what you get out of it fire burns right. arc pulses you know like right yeah so, so they like- came a long way um and that was probably one of the biggest entries in this book most of the other entries are just going to be the stuff <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be like one of our only stopping points uh entry 2 is wake uh saladin okay. killed his attackers he shot a rocket at them and his ghost uh, azira considers it a draw like when he goes there and he sees the bodies he's like i did it i won and azira's like no it's a draw because you know they're just humans and it took you all of this just to kill them so you don't get to call that a victory um and as he's as he's looking at the bodies um a human a human comes out uh, a human named I forgot the name and I didn't write it down, uh, Jeppery or something like that. I'm sorry, Kepri. It's okay. <laughs> uh, a human named Kepri comes out after hearing the explosion. He comes out to investigate the scene, and uh, Saladin's kind of like. You're here to look for bodies, like you're you're eating human meat, and he's like, no, no, I'm looking for weapons because you know I got to protect my village, and occasionally when people die, there's shitty weapons left behind, but a weapon's a weapon, <laughs> and um he he basically begs uh Zavala to come back to this or uh, Saladin to come back to the city, and he agrees. Uh, he goes back to their town, and um, Elmi was a pig. Uh, specifically a sow. Is that a female pig, sow? Yeah. Uh, And it was their only female pig, which is a big deal because if you have a female pig, you can have piglets and you can have a food supply. But if you only have one female pig and someone steals it, your food supply is gone.
1: You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. You only
0: have a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. So you only have what you have and you're not making any more. And so um, it was a big deal for the town that someone stole their pig and, so Saladin agrees to, to go after whoever whoever stole it, and so he he hunts down the pig, and that's that's where we're getting into entry three, uh, plea deal, and so Saladin and Isariah <coughs> excuse me, find the thief's base, but all there is is a small girl, and uh, this girl's name is Farah, and she threatens to kill Saladin, and and she only she actually has knowledge about like about risen and she's like, uh, I know I'll kill your... She calls uh, the ghost a demon. She's like, I'll kill your demon so it doesn't bring you back. I know they give you magic powers. Right. And Saladin just, like, dares her. He's like, yeah, fucking do it. And so she moves her gun over to Isariah, and Saladin blocks the shot, which I think is actually pretty interesting because there's a bit of a contention over what can and can't kill a Guardian's ghost. And... This weapon, which can only take one shot before it needs to be reloaded, think uh, No Land Beyond, was apparently enough because Saladin blocked the shot. Yeah, I, I can't imagine him giving a shit if it wouldn't have done anything.
1: Um, well, yeah, and and so this particular uh, human also had some bad dealings with other light bearers in the past, obviously yes. because. You know, it's calling the ghost a demon and yeah. knows to kill. Yeah,
0: and so that that light bear was the warlord named Jackson, and so Jackson apparently took Farrah's brother and promised to give him back to her if she were to go around and get him treasures. And so right. she got she stole a whole bunch of shit, including the pig, Emmy, Emily,
1: Elmy Emmy, Emmy, Emmy Elmi. I think
0: Elmy. Yeah, Elmy. Which is a weird name okay. for a pig. Um Trust me, I would know. Uh, this game loves to mention pigs, <laughs> by the way. Does it? Well, yeah. How many other pigs has it mentioned?
1: Well, we know about the pig <laughs> in the Clovis Brace story.
0: Uh, <laughs> is I didn't want to remember that, man. <laughs> anyway. Uh but so Saladin asks if Jackson told the truth and he looks at this like stash of of things and within that stash is a child wrapped up in sheets. So yeah, Jackson brought uh Farah's brother back but he brought him back dead. So Right.
1: That's crazy.
0: Mm, and so Saladin agrees to go after Jackson on behalf of of Farah and so as they're making their way, it's a few it's a few days of walking. As they're making their way, Saladin shows her how to hunt and talks to her about how when you do things for a community, it keeps you sane. And it's like the the wolf who's alone is just a savage. They're the the they, all they know is, is hunger right. and they're just hunting yeah. to eat and that's bad. Right. And you know it's, it's, it's the a,
1: strength of the pack.
0: Yeah. Which all obviously falls in place with the Iron Lord, Iron Wolves idea and all that. Yep. And so yeah. he's trying to like bring her back from the path that she's on. And um so she hunts and he cooks the meat by holding it in his hands and <laughs> firing it. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting and disgusting. But yeah. I don't think I'd want that meat. It's like, mmm from fresh from your hand
1: <laughs> well i mean it conflagrates anything that was bad so. i
0: guess i don't I mean think ash is it,
1: ash it, it, ash is ash you know whether it was something gross or not it's all carbon at that point
0: i guess I, I i'm not a fan of it though but so they make it to uh jackson's compound and they have a camp outside and uh, saladin tells farrah to stay he goes in and just Kills everyone, but Farrah didn't yeah. stay at the camp. She came and watched him kill, savagely yeah, kill these people. Yeah,
1: and that's probably traumatic.
0: Well, I mean, she was kind of happy about it.
1: Yeah, but think about it though. Like her, her, what did they
0: call that? Uh, Bloodlust was born.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it was traumatic in in this way. Um, Pharaoh rubs her talisman when the warlord Jackson emerges, amethyst light surrounding him, so void light. Uh, Yeah. A moment of fear creeps into her heart as Jackson bellows laughter and charges, but he too falls under an obliterating column of lightning called down by Saladin's thunderous roar. All that remains is the crackle of his cindered bones and flaking into ash. So you'd eat that? Well, I mean it's ash. Ash is ash, you'd eat that.
1: What's the grossest thing that you will not eat? Like it's, food wise. Like if you go to a restaurant and you say, I don't want any of this, what is it?
0: There's a few things that I can't eat. Like okay. texture wise. I hate
1: I hate bell peppers and yes. raw onions. Yeah. Okay. So well, I will not, not eat that. Onions. But if you if I you burned it onions. if you burned it to straight up just ash and it was like, you know, somewhere on my Pork chop, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind.
0: I I, I I will immediately throw up if I if I eat something that has uh, cucumber. If I eat the cucumber, really? I, yeah, immediately. Uh, Bad uh, shrimp, unless it shrimp? is unless it is butterfly butterflied shrimps. I cannot eat it. Oh wow, um, it's 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 texture thing. It's just immediate. Okay, um, sure. And I I hate bell peppers. I, I agree. Yeah, with that. I love peppers. I love peppers. Peppers, love sulfur, peppers. peppers are amazing. What... Bell peppers yeah. suck.
1: Bell um, peppers are the gross. Bell peppers are an abomination. You know, the bell pepper was made so they basically took a pepper and took all the hotness out of it and were like, "Bell pepper, here you go." Fuck you.
0: You know what? I know exactly. You take you know what... all the
1: crappy parts of a pepper and then you present it as a new thing.
0: It tastes like gasoline. First of all. <laughs> It's it's fucking vile, and people Ugh. have people have the nerve to insist that bell peppers belong on a cheesesteak. Nothing fucking. They don't me belong
1: mad. on the cheesesteak. They don't belong in pizzas. They don't belong. They don't anywhere. belong in spaghetti or oh. any Italian food. Honestly, when, when
0: they when people make a uh, uh, whether you call it American chop suey or goulash, they put bell They put bell in peppers it. in it. Why? It ruins it. I know. That, Oh
1: my it's God. because it's green and it adds color And you think you're getting something And because most people who like bell peppers are wrong. What do they say about them What do they say about them Oh it doesn't really taste like anything
0: Then don't so eat why it Why do you want then it don't why eat... do you need it <laughs> Anyway sorry People suck <laughs> <sighs> What were we talking about
1: I Forget We were talking about um, The sucky world
0: Yeah um <laughs> so saladin kills kills jackson's men and isariah is like all right now you got to kill the kid too because they committed yeah. two two death offenses they stole and they attacked an iron lord specifically their ghost and saladin's like no mm-hmm. i can see uh you know she she's not gonna go down that path like right. we, we'll we salvage the batter or um yeah, we
1: can we can fix her
0: yeah it, she, she, we've we've taught her the error of her way. She's going to go back. Yeah, to town. she's learning. It'll be yeah. fine.
1: But he, it's so naive of him to not it recognize is. that she's, you know, learning this bloodlust.
0: But there is a part of me that wonders because so she did walk away from that and like did try to adhere to his lessons because so then entry four. It's 50 years in the future. he go, Saladin is sent back to Jeffrey's village because there yep. were rumors of rabid wolves prowling around. And right. I say it that way if you're not watching, I did air quotes. Um, I say it that way because this entry it's like it's like a mission report written by Saladin and Saladin needs to pull his head out of his ass and not just call things wolves for the sake of calling them wolves <laughs> when he's talking about fucking humans. And right it's, it's so confusing. Um, right. But so he arrives and the town is basically dead. Humans are being burnt. There's graves, there's chaos. And he, he, he goes further into town and he finds Pharaoh, an old woman now sitting on a throne constructed of like junk. And she has wolves on either side of him, Uh, her, yeah. by which he means she has two men on either side of her and her other wolves are out hunting and, he means people. Yeah.
1: I know, because people were like, oh, the Iron Wolves were a part of this. And yeah. I know, it, it drove a lot of confusion.
0: Which is only worse, because the Iron Wolves are the Iron Lords, which is another thing that I'm so I know. hung and up on. And then the Wolves was
1: kidding. a derogatory term that, term that they adopted yeah. as a, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. And then we have the freaking Fallen Wolves, House of Wolves. It's like, stop Fungy. with the Wolves, please. Yeah. We were an Iron Wolf, but nobody remembers. Yeah, and then but they do here, remember.
0: Even here, he says he says in the in the last entry, where the hell is it? He he says something about uh, he says something about how how kicking a wolf or something is bad as as justification for not killing Farah as a child, and it's like, yeah. yeah, well, kicking a wolf is bad when you can make it an ally, and it's like. But you're not. You're letting it you're you're just letting it go after right. doing all that stuff. Yeah. So of course it turned out. Yeah. Down. But yeah, so, exactly. So Farah did listen to him though as a child. Farah and she she tells him all this. Farah went back to the village and tried to like foster this community there. And they were like, Oh, you're the thief. And they cut her fucking ear off.
1: Yeah. And so she's like, fuck this. Yeah. There was never mind.
0: And there's like a part of me that's like, well, I kind of get it. if i was if i was fed that lie about community and i try to go back to the community and they cut my ear off even though i bring the pig with me
1: yeah and so like you got to wonder like what was she really kind of uh enamored by was it the power or the sense of uh you know security in yeah i like this whole story because it somewhat plays with um like gang mentality a little mm-hmm. bit and uh, I grew up I grew up in a lot of hard um, areas when I was young and you know, and so I'm not going to talk about the trauma in my life, but I know firsthand some of the experiences and the allure of wanting to be a part of a group or a collective or a gang. Mm-hmm. and I know the pitfalls that that happen within that. and one of the things that is that is, Let's say you're a part of a group and it's a gang, and if you have that comfort and that protection, all is good. But once you branch out on your own and you try, you know, to do what your own thing, you walk yeah. into the wrong territory, or even come back into your own where you were, you know, not no longer protected by the 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 group you had. Mm-hmm. You you're you're you get torn apart. Yeah. And so, what Saladin, I think Saladin's lesson from all of this was that you can't. You can't temporarily be a mentor. You're always, you always have to be a mentor. Mm -hmm. It's like in Star Wars, you know, to bring into another sci fi uh, story. If you have a Padawan, you know, that becomes Darth Vader, he's still your Padawan, right? He's still your, you're still his mentor, regardless of what that person came to be. It's just how, was that in that person all along to begin with? Did you recognize that? Did you help foster it? Did you Mm -hmm. help, uh, Protect them were you there when they needed you most to guide them uh, safely and positively through the traumatic events of their life or did you just leave them to their own devices when you should have probably been there for them and stuff like yeah. that like so that's the whole wrestling with like you know you can't just like temporarily help somebody you can't just see somebody on the street and say oh here's a quarter that only gets them so far you know you if you really want to help somebody. You got to take them and give them the tools to better themselves and bring themselves into a better situation. Yada yada yada. Whether that's mental or physical. Yeah, and no, you're, so, you're
0: completely right. Uh, and yeah. and I think he took that lesson and he kept that lesson in with uh, Shax and, and Zalala. Yeah, because he and he, see
1: that's one of the problems that Saladin and Shaxx had with one yeah. another is because their viewpoints were very different. Saladin was, you know, a hardened. Uh, you know, they were both they were both lords, <laughs> warlords. Uh, well, shax was a you know, warlord.
0: Saladin was. Yeah, that's warlord. what I
1: mean. Yeah, so they were both like shax was a warlord. Yeah. Saladin was an iron lord. Saladin was trying to write basically the script that is our new our mentors and our you know whatever the structure. And then shax was like, bro, this is like not what you think it is. This is. All hell is breaking loose we got to annihilate things and Mm -hmm. anyway so they butt heads on a lot of stuff yeah because a little bit of a different viewpoint on how to lead
0: yeah yeah no you're 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 right there as well um and and basically saladin came in and saw saw his mistake and and he 50 years too late uh righted his wrong and he ended up killing uh farah uh he did he didn't leave unharmed and um so he's he's pretty fucked up at at, at the end of it um and yeah. uh, Azariah, is ariya is is zyra azira float it's hard it's hard to pronounce and i try to do it right azira floats near the settlement's fence a small shadow against early morning sun piercing through snow flurries saladin climbs the distance to her before she heals his wounds The journey, the journey is a purifying penance he tells himself Pain he can abide. So Zyra is very much like Yeah, you kind of like how uh, we we recently heard the story about or in triage, we'll we'll cover this eventually, but like um uh Zavala was just like, I'm a guardian, I don't need to feel pain, I have a ghost, they they heal me up every time. And when he got he got cut, Safi's like, no. You don't get to have your ghost heal you and not deal with healing yourself. You are getting bandaged. You are getting stitches and you are taking this a slow way. So you know what you're leading humans into.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You can't speak or do things if you don't experience them in some way for yourself. Like you can't speak on something you know nothing about.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's the end of the book. Which, it was a very good book. Um, Yeah, it was a good book. And uh, our next show will be on the 10th. July 10th. Nice. So July 10th will be our next show. We will have the conclusion of the sever missions which is interesting because usually the last mission is like way at the end of the season and then i guess they're not going to do that this time so i wonder what else is going to happen at the end of the season if anything is going to happen at the end of the season i wonder if they're going to like tease the season next or if they're going to keep it completely hidden again there's so there's so much that we don't know
1: um yeah there's a lot to unpack we'll definitely know something by next by next show though
0: yeah and next week, uh, maybe we'll do a season of the Haunted lore book. Maybe we'll keep it back in Season of the Risen because there's all this, sh- uh, not Shadow Keep, uh, Witch Queen lore that we haven't actually gotten into either. So there's a yeah. lot to pick from. If you really want to push us on, on a book, as long as it is fully accessible in the API, just for my ease, as long as it's fully accessible within the API at us, at Loose Cannon Show, same way it's spelt there. Tell us you want yep. us to read that book, one of the, the recent books that we haven't done, or even an old book that we haven't done if if we, we missed one of your favorites. Um, let us know. And we uh, yep. will accommodate sooner or later. Uh, so yeah, July 10th. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right. Bye, everybody.
1: Thanks. Bye.